0: My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda Banjalung Kalkadoon woman from Gadigal Country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Oz. It is Tuesday, the 17th of January. I'm Sam. I'm Zara. Today we're going to be talking about China and COVID. Zara, tell me what's going on.
1: China's had almost 60,000 COVID-related deaths in the last month. That is according to new data that was released by health officials in the country. Up until now, the nation was claiming to have had just over 5,000 COVID deaths since the whole pandemic began. But stories of overcrowded hospitals and full morgues led to questions from the well. The burning can't go fast enough. The smoke behind me, it's been billowing constantly from all the bodies that are burning. And these crates over here, they're all full of yellow body bags. So what's contributed to this huge rise? A new data set or changes in the way the nation has been handling the disease or a combination of both? We'll get to that in the deep dive. But first, the headlines.
0: The Ukrainian ambassador to Australia has echoed President Volodymyr Zelensky's call for more foreign military aid to be sent to Ukraine. This comes after a deadly Russian missile strike over the weekend. While reiterating Ukraine's gratitude to Australia, the ambassador told the ABC that different armour and tanks were needed to help, quote, kick Russians out of Ukraine.
1: New research from Oxfam Australia has found that the gap between Australia's wealthiest 1% and the least wealthy has in fact widened in the last decade. The top 1% have saved $150,000 a minute, that's right, a minute for 10 years straight. The results are similar worldwide, with extreme wealth and extreme poverty both having increased in 2022 for the first time in 25 years.
0: Some really shocking news from here at the Australian Open yesterday Nick Kyrgios won't be defending his Australian Open doubles crown this year after the Australian pulled out of the tournament due to injury. Kyrgios took to the court on Friday night for an exhibition match against Novak Djokovic but yesterday cited knee injuries for the reason of his withdrawal.
1: And the good news. A runner who completed 150 consecutive marathons to raise funds for Australia's endangered wildlife has finished her crusade in Melbourne yesterday. Akana Murray-Butlett began the journey at the northern tip of Australia in August and she has broken the previous women's Guinness World Record of 106 consecutive marathons during this campaign. Okay, so over the weekend, Chinese health officials dropped some pretty major data. They said that there had been nearly 60,000 COVID-related deaths since early December. And so although experts say the figure is likely higher than that, as it is with many other nations, this number is particularly important because it's the first indication we've had of what's actually going on in the country since they departed from their zero COVID policy in December.
0: When we last spoke about China's zero COVID policy on the podcast, we were talking about protests in China that were in response to lockdowns. Take me through what's happened in the country since then.
1: Yeah, so a fair bit. At at that point in late November, when we were chatting about this, people were taking to the streets and they were there to oppose a series of snap lockdowns that all formed part of the nation's zero COVID policy. There's a link to that episode in the show notes if you want to go back and listen. But these protests were especially newsworthy at the time because of where they were happening in China, which is a state that's normally under such tight political control. We spoke about how the zero COVID policy and the strict lockdowns that had come with it were seen and how they were viewed in the country and also internationally as one of the defining policies of President Xi Jinping's rule. Not long after those protests started, so it was about the beginning of December, China began lifting the strictest of its COVID policies and thus began this departure from zero COVID policy.
0: So take me through the steps of that. What did those changes actually look like?
1: I mean, at a very high level, if you move away from zero COVID, which, as the name explains, means that there are no COVID cases in the community If you move away from that, there was this general acceptance that COVID would be circulating in the community and that any time there was a case or an outbreak, there wouldn't be snap lockdowns to actually stop that. So that's what happened on a high level. Materially, it meant that there was a shift to home quarantine instead of being put in a facility. There was an end to mandatory PCR testing and there were also reduced restrictions on travel. Some residents celebrated the changes, but then on the flip side, there were also those that were worried about a sudden surge in the virus. Official public messaging for so long, I mean, we're three years into this pandemic, it had emphasised the dangers of COVID. And now when they moved away from zero COVID, suddenly there was this shift to language about it being more mild in nature. And so, of course, that was really difficult for a lot of people to get their heads around. And as compulsory testing ended, it meant that the country experienced a sharp drop in officially reported cases, which brings us back to this issue of reporting of what we actually know out of China about their COVID fatalities.
0: So in that context, what do we know about the current situation in China?
1: Well, logically, with the end of the zero COVID policy, it was expected that COVID cases and likely fatalities would rise. But the number we got from a press conference this past weekend was dramatically higher, Up until now, China was reporting just over 5,000 COVID deaths since the pandemic began, which, according to Reuters, is actually one of the lowest death rates in the world. That 5,000 number included a very strict definition of what a COVID death was, and that was a death that was caused by pneumonia or respiratory failure. Now, with this new 60,000 figure, that definition has been expanded to actually include people who died from other underlying conditions while also having COVID. So of the total 60,000 deaths, 5,500 were from respiratory failure and the rest had other underlying conditions as well as COVID.
0: And why do you think health officials in China release this information now?
1: So since China ended its strict zero COVID policy, that was on the 7th of December, the country's been facing a lot of international pressure to release this sort of information to the rest of the world. It came as we heard reports of overcrowded hospitals and morgues in the country.
0: Now to China, where the hospital system's coming under an increasing strain
1: as COVID spreads quickly again. The smoke behind me, it's been billowing constantly from all the bodies that are burning. And these crates over here, they're all full of yellow body bags. With China reopening its borders to the rest of the world, some countries expressed concern, and this was very quickly acted upon. So Japan and South Korea, they imposed travel curbs on Chinese visitors. And then over the Christmas break here in Australia, the federal government announced testing requirements for travellers coming from China. At the time, the Chinese government said that these new restrictions were discriminatory and politically manipulative, but the World Health Organisation was critical of the Chinese government. The WHO's Director General said he was concerned about the risk to life in China, and that with circulation in China so high and comprehensive data not forthcoming – it was understandable that some countries were taking steps that they believed would protect their citizens. It was at that point that the WHO called on the Chinese government to provide more rapid, regular and reliable data on COVID numbers and this latest outbreak.
0: And so that data came out over the weekend. Did that satisfy the WHO's concerns?
1: Well, they welcomed the public release of new data and noted efforts by Chinese authorities to scale up care for its population But still, there were a few areas that the WHO requested more information, and that was including a more detailed breakdown of data by province, as well as information on the specific sub-variants that are currently circulating within the country. The Director-General also reiterated the importance of China's deeper cooperation and transparency.
0: thank you for joining us on The Daily Oz today. If you enjoyed this podcast, why don't you send it to a friend or hit subscribe so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every morning. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, have a great Tuesday.